Step 590 The Fan Man is Frank Gunning. Let's talk about feelings, okay? Gladly. Your feelings and my feelings. Anger. And... Just I mean, a safe place to start. Yeah. With me, specifically. You know, what did they say? Anger is actually not a feeling. Okay. It, it is a reaction to a feeling. All right. Well, whatever that feeling is makes me angry. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> Anger, I don't know not a feeling? I, is that true? I, that's, I've, I've heard, I mean... What do you mean? It's, it's nothing's true. Like right, we're talking about things that are not uh, like tangible, right? But yeah, I've heard it discussed. Like anger is not a feeling; it's a reaction I, to a feeling. I typed "is anger" into my Google search bar, and the first thing that came up is "is anger a sin?" I will not be diving into that because mm. let me tell you, big old sinner over here. So not to I worry mean, about that. Yeah, I throw another log on the fire if anger is also a sin, though, yeah. right? Like it's like it's at this point, point we're might yeah. as well be. It, sure, sin city. Um, feelings. Right. Let's, let's all talk about our feelings. Okay? What is your feelings, Ben? Here, here's how I will describe the way my feelings have progressed over the last week or so. Because it's been like, I don't know, the beginning of the winter meetings, the Shohei Otani thing felt like, oh, hey, this is the Blue Jays are in it. But once we started seeing Ross Atkins not available mm. in person, right? And he's over Zoom, and we're getting reports from Ken Rosenthal that their meeting with Shohei Otani in Florida. It's it's been a it's been a change here, right? Mm-hmm. And at that very moment, who wasn't excited, right? Like they were excited, thrilled, fun. This is fun. Mm-hmm. It's the pursuit of a great player, all timer, yep. Hall of Famer, top of the free agent class, franchise changing. I that was fun and exciting. Okay, Monday, Tuesday ish. We're now Thursday. It's only a couple of days removed. I've now gone from this is fun, Mm -hmm. this is exciting, to this is stressful, and it feels a little bit foreboding. Now, that's just me. That's just me. I I don't have any extra information than you, listener. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm... I'm talking to Ben Nicholson-Smith, trying to get him to, right. to, to read the tea leaves and talk to the smart people that he encounters on a daily basis and give me the information he's hearing from people in the know. Mm-hmm. This is not to say that I feel like it's less likely. In fact, it's, again, more likely than last week. Right. But I can just tell you that my feelings on Shohei Otani and his pursuit by the Toronto Blue Jays has gone from fun mm-hmm. and exciting to now it's stressful and foreboding. And part of that is Juan Soto now being in New York. You're probably going to tell me this isn't a feeling also, but I don't I don't care. Irksome is where I've arrived at. Totally with you. Fun. Oh, the scuttlebutt. You're jet telling tracking. me you didn't start with irksome though? No, I didn't. I like I I love a big story. I I love a big story in the news. I love a big story in sports. Even and like I'm not going to say this is baseball, but like I'm a guy who gets sucked in by like a big boxing fight. I don't care about boxing at all, but it's like you tell me Canelo's fighting Triple G or whatever you know, not five years ago's version of that fight is that people mm-hmm. be excited about now. Great, I'm in. So like I always get sucked into the big sexy story, whatever it is. But now that there is, you know, and when the stuff was coming out about the flight trackers and where could he be and the Rosenthal report, all fun, all good. But now that it seems like, and again, maybe we don't know anything because who really knows involving all this. But it feels like now we're just in a, I'm going to screw with you guys phase because what is left to be gleaned? (laughs) What is left to be found out? Was he waiting to see where 
Juan Soto signed up because now he doesn't want to be in the AL. Like, what could the possible ramifications of anything that has happened from mm-hmm. all his visits be happening now? So that is where I'm at now. It's just irksome of, come on, pick a team. In terms of my hope on the whole thing, I started out as very, and I got to be honest, I feel like the Jays are being used for leverage here. It's kind of how it feels to me the whole time. And then when the story came out about the visit to Dunedin, I kind of did a complete 180 in that I think he's coming here. And I haven't, I'm not going to say I haven't had any moment of wavering. Like we all do the thing where we read stuff all day, but that's kind of been where I've been sitting with. And I don't know that I've wavered there since the report came out and there wasn't much, because again, his camp's not going to say anything. And then everything that happened with Roberts, all that just kind of left me where I'm at still is I think he's going to sign with the Jays. I do. Maybe I'm too close to this. And maybe this is just my my baseball brain on this matter, but this is the sport. And maybe this applies to, uh, to other sports. It's just not yeah. the way I, sure. I view it. Okay, like I, I view watching a playoff baseball game, mm-hmm. There's, it, it's more a sense, if your team wins, it's more a sense of relief, relief. Than, yeah. than it is like, ah, oh, we did it. Like, right. that was awesome. Totally. That was so exciting. It was like, oh, we did it. We survived. Mm-hmm. Like, we got through it. Yep. Nobody had a heart attack. We're, we're, we're all alive. We There's did it. There's definitely something to that. That's what it feels like with this Otani ah. thing. <laughs> I'm sure once the like relief of it being over subsides, the, the subsides, there will be jubilation. But like, because yeah, now I'm staring into the void with Juan Soto being yeah. gone. Like that's to me, that's where it's changed. It's mm. it's gone from fun and exciting to to stressful and to foreboding because of Juan Soto. Not just being traded and off the market, Mm -hmm. but like traded within your division to the hated New York Yankees. So if there is no Shohei Otani, this whole offseason is an abject failure, despite what happens and despite the fact that there is a world in which the Blue Jays add pieces Mm -hmm. to this team that add up to more wins than a Shohei Otani. It's just... It's not the same offseason that I had envisioned going back a couple of weeks because of real, tangible reports. I will feel more relieved mm-hmm. if the Blue Jays end up signing Shohei Otani in the coming days than, again, I'll get to that place, but, like, my initial reaction would be more like, holy cow, yes, this we, 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 we lifted all those weights for something, right? not for nothing. How do you think you would feel differently about this if Ryu or Springer hadn't happened like would you if they hadn't forget both even if they just hadn't got one of the like would you look be looking at this as more of a pipe dream and still like okay this isn't gonna happen none of these guys has ever done it like you know Otani's so different and I don't know maybe he's not that different from Ryu just in terms of it's not as scary or different a place for a guy to come to for somebody who's already made that leap once but how much does that kind of change your perception or, or feeling heading into this no it's a good point like I, I and it's one that People get mad at when you you sound like a shill when you're like mm-hmm. when this first started happening yep. and, and people were talking about oh, the Blue Jays never pulled a trigger on these big deals. Kind of done three in a row now. Yeah, they they <laughs> they're they're honestly not afraid to in this new regime go after the tippy top of the free agent market once yep. they reengage with Scott Gosman in that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. once once they reengage with Scott Boris, starting with the Hunjin Ryu thing, like it feels like. Not anything is possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Choi Otani signs in Toronto, then, then truly yep. anything is possible. But the the idea that you can go, I mean, going back to the Springer negotiations, that you can go toe-to-toe with New York freaking City mm-hmm. and Steve freaking Cohen yep. and outbid him for for 
a, a notable World Series MVP type player, mm -hmm. then yeah, anything is possible. So I, I, I think that's why it was never at the place that you said you were with right. the Shohei Otani thing, that they were going to be used for leverage. Like I, I just, I was never there because I always... I'd, I'd seen it. I'd yeah. seen proof of concept the last couple of years. Yeah, it wasn't that I it wasn't that I didn't think there was a possibility of it. I just thought that the Dodgers were so baked in as the obvious place to go. Like even when there was the smoke about Boston and the New Balance stuff, like I never really bought into that. The idea. Remember when the Braves were bandied around for yeah. four minutes of oh, he might take a short. Prove me. I never bought in to any uh, of that. Rangers. I was, yeah, I was always kind of of the belief that he'd be a Dodger. Or somewhere that shocked us. And I guess that's that's why I ended up at the Jays. Because, you know, maybe to your point, it's not shocking to you. But it's still, it, I won't say it would shock me now, obviously. But, yeah, it was still flooring to me heading heading into it. The other thing, I think, with this as well, like the idea of, and we mentioned it, that they've gone out and they've spent big on, on guys like that, is that this is just so much different, right? And it's not going to be an extra year thing like it was with Springer. It's just, yeah. hey, the money is the money is the money. I guess that's true, right? Part of that is because the Dodgers seemingly have bottomless pockets as yes. well. But like, if it was like, if if money was the deciding factor, like, yeah. I am such a guy that like I'm pot committed, right? Like when I when I start eating a snack, I'm like, well, man, I'm already not eating very healthy. Let's just like let's have a pint you, of ice you cream were, as well. You and a coworker of ours were making fun of me for like a podcast I listen to, and I'm like, yeah, but it's the inertia of life. What am I yeah. going to do? Not listen to it? So yeah, I totally get you. <laughs> I I I mean, I I joked about you know. I made a, a joke tweet yesterday after yeah. Juan Soto became official. I was mm -hmm. like, all right, how about another half a billion dollars towards Shohei Otani? I mean, is there a non-zero possibility that you could just, hey, if you feel like right. you're you're up against it, you're not going to get Shohei Otani instead of $550 million, Go to 650. What's another 100 million? Once you're already playing in that sandbox, especially considering the potential downside of not doing anything, like... Is it possible we get into I mean, a bidding war between two teams when we're talking about north of half a billion dollars? If that isn't already happening, you thought I was irked before. If I <laughs> if I read on Saturday afternoon that we thought we were nearing the finish line with Otani, but late yeah. bidders <laughs> have entered the process, I'm going to die. Like, I might just spontaneously combust into whole if that actually happens. But I mean, you know, like obviously it's a very different ballpark, but you hear this story from people who go to school that like need to take on a lot of debt. Like you'll hear this from medical students of like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm 300 K in the hole before I've worked a day in my life. Yeah. I'm going to get Uber eats. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. really think yeah, it, exactly. I don't really think it matters now, you know, ordering a $30, a thirty dollar hamburger nah, but from that's something the same. is like different. For Edward Rogers, well, that that is that's like a that is a hamburger. I What's was, another fifty million? You, you know what? I was doing our thing yesterday of of Giannis getting a hundred grand for winning the in season tournament is like somebody who makes I think it was sixty grand getting one hundred and thirty one bucks. I do wonder what the conversion would be there. It's way too many zeros for me to get involved in. But yeah, to your point, I don't know that it's like it's not that different. I don't know. Oh, Shohei Otani doesn't like money though. Like, mm. It's like the money is the Some becoming, thing. quite frankly, yeah. that everyone's offering him right. so much. Try not to get mad at Shoei Otani, but it's hard. Like, yeah, God. <laughs> you're, don't open that Pandora's box because it'll just be... You thought I am You thought I was mad before. Mm. If we get going on that topic, I might never stop screaming. All right. Uh, do something, Shoei Otani. All right. Um, Agreed. Maple Leafs are going to do something tonight. They're going to play something they haven't done since Saturday.
play a hockey game. A thousand years. Uh, in Ottawa against uh, the Senators in front of many Toronto Maple Leafs fans. In front of Jacques Martin as well, which is... <laughs> God, we'll, poor DJ. We'll, we'll talk to Frank Saravelli about that. That move. What's his title? It's like head of coaching, but like not a coach. Oh, it's a senior Death. advisor to the coaching staff. Grim, which is Grim Reaper. <laughs> honestly, just fire me if that's God. like if if I if you're bringing in an imagine? all-time great no, head just, coach with like name recognition and you stink and like you're on the hot seat anyways. Like just just do it already. No, you're, you're it's it's great. I would love nothing more than a like radio vet to just come and sit in here and watch the show. Be yeah. like, I might have some notes. Yeah, Be like, you're gonna share senior them? advisor. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. God, that's so uncomfortable. There. It's like I thought the Guy Boucher thing was uncomfortable enough here. Of Eh, Sheldon Keith, maybe hot seat, mm-hmm. ready mate. No. In the middle of a season. Yeah, no, that was at least like, you know, someone in theory spoke to Sheldon about yeah. that. I don't think DJ Smith had a ton of <laughs> consulting in, in, with that move. Yeah. Oh, poor DJ. I love him. <laughs> not ideal. Leaf for legend. Him. Yeah, not ideal for him. Anyways, um, yeah, Leaf Senators tonight. Brad Living doing the rounds yesterday. He did a media availability at practice, naturally, with the, the news of John Klingberg's season-ending surgery at the end of the month. He was also on Real Kipper and Born talking oh, about boy, was he. The, uh, the potential trade market for uh, defensemen. I've made it clear, you know, coming into the season that we would like to we would like to see if we can help ourselves on defense. Now, you know that's that's a great statement. It, it's it's a matter of going out and doing it, uh, and then you and these are these are certainly not making excuses. It's the manager's job to go in and, and improve the team. Now you know where our aspirations are as a team. Would we like to would we like to improve the defense? Absolutely. It all comes at a cost. You know there just isn't a lot of high end defense when the people are dying to give you for 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 low cost. So you you look at the assets that you have. Um, in terms of, of, of potential trades. And, you know, the team here has been trying to win and, and, and spend some assets over the last couple of years that teams trying to win do. That's, that's, that's normal course. That's what happens. Um, so you, you, gotta, you also got to be careful of, of, you know, how far do you chase it and ultimately what is the cost that, that you're going to have to pay for somebody that can come in and make a significant difference. And so we'll continue to work that market. That's, you know, I'm not making any headline statement here. I mean, we're, we're no different than anybody else. Everybody else, everybody, every team at this time of the year is trying to improve themselves. Uh, we're hopeful that we're going to, you know, that help is, is on the way in the not too distant future with some of the, the players that are out that are returning to health. And, and in the meantime, we'll continue to look to see if there's ways that, um, you know, that we can help ourselves at, at, at a cost that we think makes sense. See, they're, they're no different than any other team. They're a normal team now that they've won around. They're just mm. no different than any other team. Disagree. <laughs> I would uh, I would disagree big time with that. I think the. I mean, you can sit here and parse what you want with your living. The most interesting of that for me is, you know, and it's nothing, I, I don't think this is anything 
unexpected is the idea of, yeah, the cupboard. Like, have you guys looked in the pantry? Yeah. There's a couple of things in there. A couple but we of don't... world junior participants, potentially. Yeah. And not much else. <laughs> that is kind of the state of the league system. One Just... of the best goalies in the American League. How yeah. dare you? No, and, and the thing we know about goaltenders is development, <laughs> specifically with that position, is always linear and never, ever gets thrown in a kilter at any point in time. Also, from the picks perspective, uh, they don't have their first next year. They don't have a second this year, next year, or the year after that. They don't own their own third this year. They do own the Islanders' third mm. and the Engvall trade, I think, there. So good job by you, uh, Pierre Engvall. We will miss you. Uh, and then, as we talked about, there's just not a ton of capital there. I think the other thing with this, with Treliving, is that, you know, not that he was going to rush to make a move regardless, but if Lilligren is starting to skate, maybe that's closer. Maybe you, you know, again, not that you take your, not that you, you know, stop fielding calls or stop looking, but maybe there's a little less impetus there. You say, okay, things have stabilized to a certain extent. We get Lilligren back. Again, I don't think he's going to turn down an offer that's there, but I think it, it, turn, it ratchets up the impetus on him to have to make a move right now. It's also a megaphone to the rest of the league. Like, hey, I, I know you guys think I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. Like and I am desperate to win, and this mm-hmm. this is a hockey market that is not the same as yours. Yeah. Um. But I I ain't paying through the nose for your middling defenseman just because you think I should. Just no. because you see William Loggerson on the blue line. Now I'm I'm, I'm literally not going to be able to say it in Good. any other way. It's the right way. Uh, Simon Benoit and like Connor Timmins, who I don't know might be okay. But yeah, like just because those guys are occupying fifty percent of my blue line right mm-hmm. now, I, I I don't feel like I'm up against the wall when it comes no. to to giving away my very limited assets. I'm I'm going to. Like everybody else, yep. keep my powder dry and not overpay for anybody. And the other the other thing about that as well is that, you know, unlike some other teams, he'll be needing retention. And it's pretty clear that he wants to get more than one body to add to that blue line. So you're going to need retention there. I think maybe that's where the, the you know, there's some friction with these Leafs trade talks. Because I think Brad... Bradtree Living would have gra- gladly played a th- paid a third and a fifth for one season of Nikita Zadorov. I think he would have gladly done that. But what is the retention cost? And then does it cost more? Or is there a Toronto tax for these things? Like there might be for with Calgary. There might be even when it's not Calgary involved. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think always has to be mentioned. I did. We didn't mention this yet. Uh, again, I'm trying to find the exact <laughs> quote here, but. Uh, Sheldon Keefe had a bit of a potty mouth at practice yesterday. Oh, yeah. You, we got to mention He said it was this. chicken bleep. Yeah. Have you he, ever used the term chicken bleep, by the way? Like, that no, feels I like, like bull a very... and horse. I actually, I, from what I heard, now there were several quotes going around. The one I saw was bleeping horse bleep. Yeah. Oh, is, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go no, chicken yeah, bleep. Chicken bleep is like almost calling your team soft. Well, that's, I was going to say, very different yeah, connotation. That's, that's chicken bleep is. <laughs> You know what? I would like to give this to JD for the podcast only portion of his show is ranking what the different types of bleep mean. Like horse is one thing. Bull is another. Chicken in Mm. hockey does feel like the worst connotation. Nobody uses pig pig bleep. No. Well, because you're happy as a pig in bleep is why. (laughs) That's That's why. So it's not a bad thing. I feel like you look like pig bleep. That's yeah. Oh, thank. No. (laughs) We're fighting. Actually, I haven't been that offended since the end of yesterday's show. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I look at it as the key thing that I I honestly wonder what part of Bradshaw living coming out and talking was that 
Like, not that he was trying to bury it, not that the Klingberg news came out, but it's like, eh, if there's a good day to talk, maybe it's the one where the yeah. coach is screaming at the team in front of the assembly, which, again, I have no problem with. You're allowed to coach your team hard. Just go ask anybody who's ever played for John Tortorella. Like, you're allowed to coach your team this way. But I do wonder, how, like, is it is there anything better to take away the spotlight from a coach screaming in earshot of the media than the GM speaking mm. several times in the day? I, I couldn't think of much. But honestly, like, Okay, so what you're saying is that maybe it's damage control? Not damage control. Just like, hey, look over here. Like, we don't need to have that conversation. I mean, does it, would anybody look at Sheldon Keefe? No, no, no. It, it's it, not about the Sheldon Keefe. It's about going to, yeah, just, just to pick the guy that would make this the most of a story and go like, hey, Mitch, did you like him talking to you guys that way? And then Marner would have some answer that is totally fine but yeah. could be skewed another way. But I think, like, universally... There, again, to my point yep. about like, hey, how I like my coaches yeah, and, a, and a hard edge. And despite the fact that, yeah, yeah like truly the record is not a, a big problem. Uh-huh. And they have a big leg up as far as the number of games yep. in hand. They have a lot of games to play on some of the teams that are in and around them as far as uh, the standings are concerned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the lack of regulation wins are blah, 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 blah. They're actually in a decent spot. But yeah, that my head coach would be not taking it lying down. I think that's actually a positive story. I don't disagree. I think they. I think it's like the best of both worlds, where we're talking about it, but it is not the prevailing issue of the day in Leafland. By, I think is the best the way, of both worlds. Just to make sure yep. we're clear on what the report was. Thank you. Okay. He he apparently yelled, "Bleeping horse bleep practice." Oh, okay. So this is yeah during a drill. He said, yeah. "This is bleeping horse bleep." <laughs> Practice. I wonder what bleep stands for. Someone's gonna have to. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I was like, is there some way? For no, me you to can't. Th- no. no, you can't. All right, You've... so it was a bleeping horse bleep practice. Okay. Okay. Hey, again, I I want to be clear. I'm very much on the same wavelength as you. No issue. In fact, good job, Sheldon. Gold. Yeah, do, it. do it more. Gold star for you. Yeah. I actually, he should bring back the music in practice. But like, uh, like DJs will have like weird drops in there. It's just him occasionally like bleeping horse beat practice, like in the <laughs> oh, middle I of it. You were like, gonna say like, no. like what they used to do to like uh, break up or get people out of a house. Yeah, you no. know that they, they, they've oh. taken over. Like play some horrible, horrible right. music. That no, is no, like really grating. No, in no, a very I like loud I like volume. them. Like hey boys, like whatever you want. Like Revo, cook up a playlist, and then he goes to like you know some intern working at MLSE yeah. and is like, I need you to edit this into yeah. the playlist every six minutes. <laughs> It's just to wake these boys up. So that was, let's see what, you know what this team does after a bleeping horse bleep practice. Perhaps um, they have not a bleeping horse bleep effort. Well, on they the better ice. not. For yeah. It's a home game. Yep. I know it's not, but it is. It essentially is more of a home game. Definitely a louder home game. Yep. All right. Time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Bryce Harper is under contract with the Philadelphia Phillies for eight more years. Oh, that's, that's all. So that's a long time, right? And he's been a great Philly. He's won an MVP there. Yeah. Uh, he's had some incredible moments in the postseason. We had the would you rather be him or Mike Trout conversation. Yeah, so I think it's was. it's unequivocal, honestly, in my opinion, that you'd, you'd like the narrative around you that um, uh, Bryce Harper has had in his career with the Phillies. They haven't won one, but boy, it, it feels like a matter of time. That being said, he's not getting paid at the very tippy top of the market, probably not being paid commensurate to his value in that market. But so what? He's getting paid plenty, over $20 million for the next eight years. Apparently, Scott Boris 
says Bryce Harper would be interested in an extension. So the eight-year contract, or eight years remaining on his contract, will take him to the age of 38. Scott Boris says he wants to be a Philly for the rest of his career. Oh, um, okay. He also invoked the name Patrick Mahomes when discussing what he's looking for, which Patrick Mahomes in a very different sport for many different reasons. Yeah. Including, <laughs> like, not the least of which is the non-guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, is renegotiated, reformatted his contract. And, you know, every time that's, you know, we see a quarterback getting closer yeah. to the tippy top of the pile and the average annual value so, for a quarterback goes up, like, give me some more money. Yeah. He wants Bryce Harper to be paid more than $30 million a year, despite mm-hmm. the fact in a sport with guaranteed contract, he signed a contract with the Philadelphia Phillies that at the time people were like, that's a huge, huge money for a guy that's, you know, when he's great, he is great, but there's no guarantee that this is going to be worth it by the end of it, especially considering he's going to be 38 when all is said and done. Yeah. What, how, what has Tom Brady done to people? It's like, I want to be a Philly through the end of my career. Good. You're signed till you're 38. Doesn't that take care of this? Like what on earth are we doing? This is part of what we talked about when we did the, the trout Harper thing is there's like, I forget what it is, but some like a hundred million dollar difference in, in the, in those contracts there, like Harper yearly cash in the last three years of that deal is 22 million. And I'm not going to cry for him at that, but 208.3 million coming his way. But yeah. yeah. But you know, if he were a free agent, I don't know this year, he would not be having 300 million coming his way. It'd be more than that. He's going to watch Joey Otani get $50 million a year and probably, and probably Juan Soto next offseason getting the same. Yeah. And the person he should be mad at is not the Phillies. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who helped him get that money. Like yeah. the whole point of being an agent. And I understand what he's doing now. He's like, all right, screwed this one up a little. Let's go get you paid again. But the whole point is reading the tea leaves, reading the market, understanding where things are going. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody begrudged him at the time. But this is this is what it's like when you sign long-term deals. Yeah, sometimes bodes well for you. More times than not, it does. Sometimes the team gets a, can't believe I'm about to say it, a bargain? Yeah. yeah maybe that's too strong. I, no, it's it's as close to a bargain as you're going to get in pro sports. It's just hilarious to me to envision what that conversation looks like with Scott Boris. I want more money. Uh, no. No? I Can we do like a two-year extension at $100 million when he's uh, 39 and 40 years old? Or what? <laughs> like yeah. honestly have they yes. thought out the long run like what is the plan here him to just say like you know i love philly but philly doesn't love me like that yeah. like do we think how you know we're gonna talk to frank in a second maybe he's the perfect guy to ask this but like how dumb does bryce harper think the people of philly are if he's gonna if they're gonna fall for that yeah also he didn't win the world series yeah like i know he came pretty close but he didn't no he didn't he's getting paid not like all the money but plenty of money He's gonna make uh, he's gonna make twenty seven and a half million dollars this upcoming season. But yeah, starting in his age thirty five season, oh, he's only gonna make twenty three and a half. That's a shame. All right, poor host. Uh, when we come back, we will talk to the aforementioned Frank Cervelli, president of hockey content for DailyFaceoff.com. As the fan morning show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet five ninety, the fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Listen, our, our John's a you know a, a player that we we brought in here, and, and, and he's a good defenseman, and he's no longer going to play for us, right? Um, we just got to be you know we're going to be cautious of, of you know we've got players that are coming back. Um, we certainly, I think it's no secret we've investigated what the market is, um, what those costs would be. Would we like to help ourselves there? Sure. Um, but having said that, what's what's the cost? And, you know, what's the availability of players out there that, that ultimately can come in and, and, and make a difference? Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning. What's the cost? Got to exchange things for goods and services. That was Brad Tre Living yesterday. I just picture him doing the finger thing. Yeah, that's the finger Everybody thing knows, means the cost. Everyone knows that. Everyone All right. knows that. Uh, let's talk to Frank Saravelli, president of hockey content for dailyfaceoff.com. How's it going, Frank? Hello, boys. What's up? Uh, we're we're still in uh, suspended animation when it comes to Shohei Otani because that's like the only thing you're allowed to think about in the city of Toronto if you're into sports right now. And yeah, we're waiting with bated breath for him to make. Man, his... it'd be a shame if that doesn't work out. <sighs> now that's rude. That uh, you... I haven't seen a whole country up in arms like this since I don't know. Careful. I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I won't answer the second part. Of I mean, we just did. You know what we did, Frank, that I wasn't going to bring up to you, but we can do it now, is that Bryce Harper's asking for an extension despite the fact that he's eight years remaining on his deal. <laughs> he's yeah, up... Did you actually read the story? Yeah, or is that I read just a it. Headline no, I read by? it. I read it. He wants to be a Philly for life. But what he wants... Yeah, yeah, no. So wait, so wait, think about that. He came to Philly, got $330 million, realized how awesome it is, yeah, and no, says, I want to play into my 40s. Can you tack on a couple years? It wasn't. It's not about money. He's got enough. Yeah, he just right. wants more years. Yeah, right. Oh, are those years going to be for free? Yeah. Why on earth? Like, for have you... $399, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Why on earth would the Phillies, in their right minds, do anything of the sort? This is clearly like a make good on, hey, man, I'm only making $27 bucks. Or Actually, it's less than that. I think it's... Well, no, it's 27 and a half million bucks for the next couple of years. I've already oh, won an MVP man. for you. Like, can you tack two more years on it? Like 50 million per, even though I'm, I'm not only making worth it one then? third of the NHL salary yeah. cap this season. <laughs> All right. <sighs> I didn't, I didn't need this Sorry, to be so to contentious, that. but yeah. All right, moving on. We're all, again, like all our, our nerves are frayed with the Shohei Otani of it all, just like waiting with bated breath for him to. <laughs> I hope to... one day you guys get to feel how I feel when I got the sweet, sweet relief of John Klingberg officially being on LTIR yeah. for the rest. Like it was like the what puff of white segue. smoke. Yeah, it was like the puff of white smoke came out of Scotiabank. <laughs> Brad Treliving appeared with his four and he million did bucks. A bunch of media to say. Yes. I have gotten out of jail for free. That's right. Uh, I've, I have I've gone around. I do not collect two hundred dollars, but I am definitely out of out of jail. Uh, what do you make of the of what if anything this changes for the Leafs now that they have clarity on the Klingberg situation? I think a lot of people. I would imagine a lot of people in the building thought they were having that clarity when these possible Zadora of trade talks were were talking last week. I don't know how that would have material changed anything for the Leafs, but what do you think this changes for them in the at least short term future now? Well, it's kind of like being wealth. I don't know what this is like, but I'd imagine it's kind of like being wealthy and going to the casino. Ben? It's guilt-free spending. (laughs) That's what it is, though. Guilt-free spending. Because at least for the last 10 days or two weeks, the Leafs have had a real good idea. But to now know for certain that that, uh, Klingberg is not coming back this year, that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean... Very rarely do you have something like this go sideways, 
have a player not play up to snuff, cost you $4.1 million, and then by December 7th, you're already free of it. Yeah. And you had to do nothing. Yeah. So so do we not have to... Uh, so you mentioned a get-out-of-jail-free get, uh, get card for Brad True Living. So then, like, is, he doesn't deserve any criticism then for signing John Klingberg now that no, he I has he extricated I, himself from it? I already said that the Leafs in signing John Klingberg were like flat earthers. They were deniers <laughs> of the last 18 months that we saw from John Klingberg. Going back to his last run in Dallas, that stint in Anaheim, the little blip that we saw in Minnesota, all of those things pointed to a defenseman that has not just lost a step, but also has had a crisis of confidence along the way after not signing a massive ticket that was on the table with the Dallas Stars. You can't go out in one season and make up the $56 million that you left on the table. Yeah. It's going to mess with your head. It just is. Mm. And then when you physically aren't as good as you once were and you can't process things because you're not getting to pucks as fast, mm -hmm. you're in big trouble in this league. Yeah, I mean, you we saw it all, all season long, and to your point, it wasn't just this season, it was in the previous stops. You know, part of what Treliving said when he met with the media at various different times yesterday was that, yeah, I'd like to add to this group, but also, you know, uh, hinting at the fact that maybe the cupboards were, were a little bare here. Uh, I wonder if that means they kick tires on Ethan Bear. You know, cap space is a premium, yep. but so are the assets they have. Uh, you know, Treliving, it seems like he'd like to get more than 1D. Uh, if you're worried about not having the assets to do that, a pretty good way would we go get a guy for free? What are we hearing on the Ethan Bear situation? Yeah, I mean, I'd expect them to be among the teams that are in the mix for Ethan Bear because of the price point, because you don't have to give up an asset to get him. I personally, with this kind of layoff and also given Ethan Bear's history, I, I would squint long and hard. It's no risk, essentially, because he's not going to be making big bucks, my guess is. And if that's the case, then... The worst case scenario is he doesn't work out and you can send him to the Marlies. Hmm. But I'd certainly expect the Leafs to be in line. I just think for someone who has struggled with conditioning at varying points in yeah. his career, that he's one of those guys that after a long layoff and the injury, I'm saying to myself, buyer beware. But if there's not a, a real risk to it, then why not? You, you could be adding a bona fide NHL defenseman when he's at his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The long and short of it is this. It's real simple. When you look at the Leafs' defense pairings, Connor Timmins, Simone Benoit, William Lagesson, these guys, uh, no one's shredding them, and Lagesson's actually been quite good. These are not the makings of a Stanley Cup contending blue line. And what the Leafs have to do is chip away at this over the next three months, three and a half months until the deadline. Yep. Um or just, yeah, hold the fort and, and, until the deadline. And I, I don't know how much of... No, I don't think you can. You don't think that the Leafs can get... I mean, they've they've been using this blue line basically the entire season. And when it hasn't been this, it's been a really bad... Like John Klingberg at his worst has been way worse than any of the three guys that you mentioned. And I know they haven't won in regulation, but they've been racking up points and they've looked good on occasion. They were better than the Bruins over the And they've the got some games in minutes. hand, but they're not... They're like, not in one of the top three spots in the division. Oh, I, but I think that ship is sailed, right? Like, do you think, like, I mean... But that's why I'm saying I don't think holding the Ford is the option. 
Why? Because you think they'll be like tooth and nail to 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 make the playoffs? Yeah, I think at that point they're going to be like are like to me where the Leafs are at right now with their blue line is where the Vancouver Canucks were nine months ago. Mm. Yeah, and think about think about what they've done since then. The Vancouver Canucks have changed out four of their six defensemen. Mm-hmm. And they were in a spot where they were dressing repeatedly fringe depth replacement level NHL players. Noah Juleson is, you know, yeah, the lagging of this group. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, I think you I know. think I think Tre Living will want to continue the the surgery there. That that's the I think that's the question is that it's been it's been the thing I think we've all been trying to learn about him in his brief time in the market is just how much will he rush to put out what he sees as a fire. And again, it's been the question I think we've all kind of had with this Leafs team this year is that you know Kyle Dubis, especially towards the tail end, it was much more of okay, like we're going to push, we're going to push, we're going to push. I've been building this group for a really long time. I don't know that Brad Tre Living feels the exact same way. We know the Nylander crunch is coming, the Tavares his cap crunch next year, but he could also look and say, not that I'm going to punt on this season, but that my best Leafs team I build, it's entirely possible it's three years from now. It's not this year's team. I also wonder just that element of it as well. Yeah, that's it's an interesting and thought-provoking exercise of does he feel the heat of where this team has been the last few years, even though he wasn't here? Not many managers would. Like, no. I don't think the Buffalo Sabres group mm. with Kevin Adams leading the way is sitting here going, man, these 10 years have been brutal that we haven't made the playoffs. 12 years. Right. I think he's only thinking, hey, I'm in year three or four of what I'm building. Mm. But I, I don't necessarily think that Brad True Living has <laughs> afforded the same runway, the same sort of freedom of, of build. Mm. Because the Leafs are in a window mm-hmm. that regardless of what their defense core says, their forward group is elite and right in the exact heart and prime of their careers mm-hmm. and under contract, frankly, whether it's at some point expiring or not. So, so the, the, the comments yesterday from Brad for living would lead you to believe that he's not going to be interested in rentals at the deadline this year. So you, are you indicating that you believe that to be posturing at this point? Not posturing, but what about rentals that become yeah. longer-term pieces? You're Tanev, right? And I don't mean the forever, but Tanev is a Toronto kid. Like, no. if you bring him, is he is he is he not going to be your Mark Giordano? Yeah, I think that's the that's the thought, and I think I think it's been the thought. And again, just to go back to the kind of ties that that blend the Dubis era versus what we'll see from the True Living era is that you know every team has to find what their little market efficiency is, and it does feel like the Leafs that it's if you can get these guys here for half a season before they're free agents and say, see, not so scary, see, it was pretty good, then you are able to kind of sell them on in, that it, vision. It, unless they come in and it's yeah, see. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly saw it. He was like, nah, this ain't for me. Yeah. No, hey, it doesn't. It, not everyone gets sold on it, and not everyone likes living in the fishbowl. Yeah, totally. But I think they would have made, I mean, I, I, I don't think you'd disagree with this. Like, they still would have made that Ryan O'Reilly trade knowing that they couldn't re-sign him, even if they knew that was a, a possibility. I'm sure it was was part of it. I did want to ask you about some of the uh, the other news in, in the league. We continue to get clarity on what the international calendar could look like. You know, I 
I sit here and die with the Leafs every single day, but there's nothing, you know, sorry, Shohei Otani. There's nothing in the world I would like to see more in my life than actual best-on-best hockey. We know we're going to have the 25 World Cup, I think it is, with the super pared-down four-team version. How do you think that'll be perceived in terms of it being the kind of thing that cracks the thaw on best-on-best, but also, you know, feeling like a lesser version of itself given the countries and the players that won't be there? I mean... I don't think the players are going to feel any differently. No, no. I mean, how will we all feel about it if, as opposed I don't, to it being like, a that, full-throated That's the part World that Cup. I think is, is, is overblown. I, like, if you've got the U.S. and Canada going head-to-head potentially three times and for, for some bragging rights on the line, even if it's not something that goes down in history as, oh, my God, this is the best. Like, last time I checked, like, the Summit Series didn't continue on, mm. and it wasn't some brand-name tournament with crazy gold medals that right. has lived on in infamy forever that people are chasing the glory of still. Mm-hmm. It was still just an amazing period of time. Yeah, honestly. And more than that, like I, I think in some ways the league has overthought this, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it's great that Sweden and Finland are going to play each other to start the tournament. Most likely whatever yes, you call it, say it. Yes. Just give me seven games Thank of you. us Canada. That's exactly what series. I thought when I saw this, and take Frank. it and I want you to inject it right into my veins. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. that would be better. Sorry to the rest of the world, but that is just what I want. And honestly, if Sweden and Finland want to go have a series of their own, like that's great. They should do that. And I can watch it in the US, afternoon. Canada game seven. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Mm. Give it to me. I mean, I'm terrified. The US winning on home soil. Yeah. I mean, oh, I like, I'd love, epic. I'd love to sit here and refute it, but I'm, I'm, I told you, Mike. The U.S. should go in as the favorite. I actually don't know if I've given you this conspiracy theory that this was all just Gary Bettman biding his time until America was fully stocked and ready uh, to take on Canada because, boy, it's uh, certainly come along, Frank. That's my ultimate conspiracy theory. He's a brilliant guy, but I think even that is a a bridge too far. All right. Last one. Before we let you go, Jacques Martin is now the senior advisor to the, the Grim Reaper. Staff. Sorry. Senior advisor, not Grim Reaper. Um, not the Grim Reaper. I Come mean, I, this is. He only looks like that. Okay. okay so that was meaner than anything. Else. <laughs> DJ Smith is, is still, he's still in charge, um, I, I guess, <laughs> in Ottawa. What, what do you make of, of this type of decision making? It does feel like a half measure. It's it's no it's no measure. It's a sounding board. It's an advisor that quite literally is coming in to be someone that's a guiding voice of whatever struggles that they've had internally. That's it. Okay. And what it is is the only man now in the room with DJ Smith that's coached more Ottawa Senators games than him. That's it. The only man on the planet. He's just someone that can help Get them where they're going. He's not. I. I don't think there's a path for him to come in. And if this goes sideways, that you're going to see Jacques Martin being the head coach. I really don't. Okay. I don't even think that's even a thought process. Maybe not. That's. A, I mean, that is what it feels like. But uh, you might be right. Maybe he doesn't want any part of that. Uh, Frank, appreciate the time as always, pal. Have a good one, guys. See you, man. Uh, Frank Cervelli, president of hockey content for Daily Faceoff. Dot com. It feels like the Cito gas thing. Although Cito, it's like remember they brought mm, Cito yes. back, but it's it's like if they, I mean Cito was still with yeah. the organization when he was brought back as yeah. the manager for the second time. Mm-hmm. John Gibbons was fired for the first time, and then but he was brought back. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's funny how the Blue Jays just kept cycling through old managers. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if Cito Gasson was the advisor to John Gibbons. Uncomfortable. It's a bit odd. Yeah. Like I, I don't, even if that is true, it's like an awkward situation. How do you disagree with what Jacques Martin is telling you then, right? Like if, well, it, yeah. if it's a sounding board and Jacques is like, hey, DJ, I know you've been doing it this mm-hmm. way. Here's how I do it. And DJ's like, well, so what? Like, I'm well, am I still the head coach? Or like, how do I save my job here? Like, what do I, like, the interpersonal dynamics there is odd. Yeah, it'd be different even if there was Melnick still in charge, and at least you're Melnick's guy, right? Like, Andular inherited you, and he said all the right things, but I don't know, go parse that for one second, and it feels like, uh, yeah, you ain't going to be around here when it gets good, pal. And like, I don't think that's, I'm not saying it's unfair to DJ Smith, but I don't think DJ Smith is the problem in Ottawa there. I think they got some roster construction issues. The Jock Martin or Patrick Waugh, if he's behind the bench, is is gonna fix. But yeah, I I love that story. I thought you were gonna say when you said contentious. I thought it was like, does Frank kind of hate us? I feel like our interviews with him, he's always a little annoyed with us. I gotta be honest. No, I think he he likes to go back and forth. He I does. think like people, yeah, I, I I've done this before, but like you think about '93. And the Joe Carter home run yeah. and how seminal a sporting moment it was mm-hmm. for me, for so yeah. many people of my ilk, and like something that's only happened twice in the history of professional baseball, a walk-off home run to win a World Series. Yep. That was also a formative moment in Frank Cervelli's life, but yes, on the other end of mm-hmm. the spectrum. Like yep. that's you, you can you never go that. away. Like, and that's he lives with like his whole sporting consciousness yep. was birthed out of hating Toronto. I don't know. Joe Frazier's his, or uh, Joe Carter's his Carrie Frazier <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was like a Joe, I thought you were going to no. talk about like. I mean, honestly, Frank does seem like the type of guy who, if you goaded him into it, he'd be like, ah, Joe Frazier was one of the greats. <laughs> like, I feel like he'd give that to you. I do. Uh, anyways. Yeah. I personally don't have any of that to give yeah. you, but no, I, bet he, I, I bet he was very good. I, I think he, he likes the back and forth, the citizens of Toronto. But, yeah, again, you got to understand what this guy's that's love a great, of sports. That's a great point. Honestly, something I don't ever consider. Yeah. So good thing for you to bring thank, it up. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local, Leafs, Senators from Ottawa, and, yes, of course, the Toronto Obviously. Maple Leafs are favored. I mean, this one makes sense, though. The Senators, the yeah. bottom of the Eastern Conference, although they're coming off a pretty big victory over the Rangers. Money line is the Leafs minus 133, Senators plus 110, the total six and a half, Brian. I'm just going to take the Leafs on the money line here. I know that seems insane to do, but I've told you the one and a half always terrifies me in hockey. I do not have a good read for the over-under because Sens games typically go over. Leafs have been about 50-50 this year, and lately they've been more locked down uh, defensively. But, yeah, just give me the Leafs on the money line. As far as a shortish favorite, that's kind of what you're seeing for the Leafs. You know, it's not in the minus 150 area. So, yeah, just give me the Leafs money line, minus 133. No, if you're going to bet the Leafs, this is actually, like, as close to even odds or an underdog as they're going to get. Minus 133, that's, like, plus 500 in (laughs) Leafs land on the road. Again, like, they're, they're... in front of their home fans yes. in Ottawa, where more than 50% of the building is going to be Leaf uh, fans. The Thursday nighter is is something special mm-hmm. tonight. It is like, it's not very often you get to look at a total of 30 yes. in the NFL, but that's where it is between the Patriots and Steelers. 
uh, with Mitchell Trubisky getting the start for the Steelers. They are six-point favorites against the Patriots, who are very much looking forward to next year's draft. The under has hit in eight of the Patriots' last ten. It has hit in nine of the Steelers' last ten. The Steelers don't even have their quarterback tonight. It'll be Mitch Trubisky. But the total is 30. It is so hard to take the under when it's 30, but I think that's what we have to do. Oh, my God. When you get a historic total like this, you got you to gotta ride with history <laughs> and look at the under. And if you're honestly, if you're going to do the under, just mathematically, you kind of got to take the points as well. I, yeah. I, I'm not touching the Patriots, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, six points. That's In a, a game lot of points where that only they're, they're, 29 yeah. of them might be scored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers did cover that. Last week because they won six nothing. Would have been a push this yeah. week, <laughs> but yeah, I guess give me the Patriots and the points and the under thirty. What a bizarre game! All Thursday right. night football. Cannot wait. This is Al Michael special. All right, that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. When we come back, we'll talk to a man who saw Sheldon Keith utter some swears at practice yesterday. Hot swear talk. Josh Cloak of The Athletic Next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.